Welcome to the coffee table with Abby and Justine, where we grab our favorite warm drinks and share each other's journeys. Our hope for these moments is that as you hear people's stories, you'll be encouraged as your own story unfolds. So this is our invitation to you to grab your favorite warm drink and join us around the coffee table. Hi, Justine. Hello. Hey. Um, so I thought we would actually start this episode off with just kind of updating our listeners. So we've kind of made a transition with our podcast that I'm sure our listeners have probably caught on to. Um, but we haven't done quite as many interviews as we used to. Um, and part of there's so many reasons but I feel like part of the reason at least for me is the feedback I've got most of the time is when we just chatter people really like that um Mm -hmm. and also we have like so much that we want to talk about that we've got to just transition into that so we're not necessarily saying we're going to stick with this direction but um you know people do have feedback what they like what they don't Mm -hmm. feel free to I don't know, leave a comment. Is that a thing? <laughs> yes. I don't know, I guess. Yes. Yeah. We're super professional, so sure, leave a comment. So uh-huh. um, the it. other thing that we decided we really like is talking about books. So you'll notice at the end of this episode, we're going to be talking about the books that we are reading or have just finished reading. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. And that's probably going to be a reoccurring theme no matter what we do. Because yeah. we talked about it for one episode, which we had planned on that episode only talking about it for like 15 minutes. And I think it was like one of our longest episodes with over an hour mm-hmm. long. So, mm-hmm. but yep. I thought it would so just much. be fun to start out just kind of talking about either some things that like we've just been thinking about these last, oh, it's been a couple months since we've done a podcast, but these last month or a couple months. Um, like topics that have been on our mind, things that we're just kind of passionate about right now, um, or things like we've been talking to other people about. So I don't know. Why don't you start us off with just something you've kind of been thinking about? Okay. Um, out of this season of Lent, and we were going to record this actually a week or two earlier. And so it was a little more applicable back then, but still I'll share because I was on my list. But um we, I typically do Advent and Lent and do some sort of specific Bible study with those. But this year, the place that I normally do a study through, uh, they didn't, they did their Lent differently. They didn't do the 40 day one. They just did the two week one. So I didn't do that. Um, and I guess, so that was kind of one thing that was just off for me. And then the other thing was, um, it was like probably a week, maybe two in I don't remember for sure but I think it was like two weeks in um we had uh the flooding in Nebraska and so I was helping with the flood relief stuff and just didn't get I just didn't have any extra margin and so I didn't get to do any any of the study and so that was off and anyway so long story short then I guess um that has just been so weird to me because I did end up finding a study and doing it but it was just shorter um but like it was weird it's just been kind of I've asked a couple people or talked about because I'm just like oh do you guys do anything no or yes and then like it just has felt like Easter like didn't really happen (laughs) which is so dumb but and I don't know if it's just because I've been in such a routine of doing things but it just has felt so off um anyway so that was one of the things that has just been really interesting lately is um like just trying to find like how do you get back into a rhythm when there's just like other obstacles or whatever but and I mean it's done now but (laughs) anyway right it does feel weird especially because you always kind of have like prepared yourself because how many studies did you did you tell the podcasters you did for Christmas like oh my god no it's admin like things like 500 (laughs) yeah you just really got it all for Christmas. You're and right. Easter kind of felt like so since you just did one, it kind of just felt like you didn't fully embrace. <laughs> well, and I didn't even really do that. And then, I mean, I still 
yeah, I don't know. It was just so off. It was. It's just been such a weird last couple weeks, or probably month. But uh, mm-hmm. and Lent just happened to fall right in the middle of it. So <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So that it just kind of feels like there it goes. Did yes. Graham like ask for something, and or did you end oh, up right. doing one with him? No, so that's, yeah, that's right. That's the other thing. We typically do it together, and we didn't do anything. But we're reading a book right now. Uh, like, it's a kind of a younger boy's book. It's by mm. Priscilla Schreier. And so we've just kind of been doing that, and I've been talking to him a little bit more about it. But um, So, yeah, it's just been kind of a bummer. It's kind of a letdown, but next year. Next year. Yep. Easter comes every year. That's the nice part. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. What about okay, you? So that's something. Me. Okay, so this since we did same thing, like these are kind of topics that started about a month ago or two <laughs> months ago. Yeah. But I feel like we're still in it, but it's been this journey of the toddler bed. Mm-hmm. And I have to like kind of preface it as first of all, I was super nervous about the toddler bed. Um, which is funny because it's a totally situation, different situation than you li- live. But so I was nervous about it because the crib, like we just had it down, which I think it's so interesting not to bring up the Enneagram like every time, but no, now knowing I'm an Enneagram nine, like the resistant to change, I feel like I'm a person who's like super good with change. But then things like this, I just dread them because I really liked where we were at. Mm-hmm. It was super easy. Like, for naps, I could throw him in there. And, like, even if he talked and, like, played a little bit, like, it was fine. And, but it was, like, he would fall asleep. So this, I was super nervous about. And nighttime, I will say, it has been, like, super easy. We got, like, one of those toddler like alarm clocks to like light up and so like the mornings have been super easy and like literally like he'll get up at seven usually but he'll I think we set it for like 7 30 or 7 20 or something and he'll just play until 7 20 totally fine and then he'll come in but the naps have just been like this roller coaster of like like do I make him stay in the bed do I like watch him the whole time and like I've realized through this um, whole toddler bed tra- transition, that it's about control. Like, I don't want to give up the control and, like, how easy it is to just mm-hmm. put him in a crib and, like, I can tr- control the situation. I can control him. But, like, now he just turned three, but, like, he's three. Like, I can't control him like I did when he was um, an infant, like control schedule and control everything. So it's like this balance of like for a three-year-old, like what is appropriate, like control, but like you are three, so you can't have like mm-hmm. rain over your life yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been like, I mean, I've tried like all these different things and I don't know. Like, started out just, like, putting him back in the bed, and then I just went through this, like, okay, I'm going to, when he gets out of bed, I'm going to have, like, kind of, like, a harsher discipline, and then, like, that, like, after, like, two or three weeks of that, I was, like, I cannot do that anymore. Like, we are both frustrated, Mm. and that's not working, and it was, like, I was super consistent, clearly not working. Mm -hmm. So then, like, I kind of gave up that control, and it was... It was cool because in the midst of that, what made me kind of realize it is, like, I was using a monitor, which I think is totally fine to do, even for older kids. But, like, I had a friend that challenged me, like, well, you are using a baby monitor for a three-year-old or almost three-year-old at the time. And I was like, oh, am I, like, treating him as though he is still, like, one or two? Like, well, I mean, not two, but, like, he's still one even though he is two, like, how do I, like, give up the right amount of control? Mm -hmm. So now, kind of being at, like, the end of this, like, couple months of, like, 
roller coaster, which it sounds silly to say that like a toddler bed's a roller coaster, but it was like what is like bigger transition for me. Yeah. Um because he would be like super grumpy if he didn't nap, but then like making him nap was harder. I have found like a really good groove for us. So like he gets like twenty to thirty minutes of just like rest time. So he just like plays and like he could do whatever. And then I have him lay in bed, and, like, I sit outside of his door, and if he gets up, like, I go, and I put him back, and I hold him in bed, and then, like, he'll fall asleep after, like, 20 or 30 minutes, or if not, like, it's usually about time to get up. So, it's, like, worked really well, because, like, I'll just bring my work, I don't feel like I'm frustrated, he's not frustrated, and then, like, sometimes, like, today, we're just, like, oh, let's just let him have rest time, and put him to bed a little earlier, and... Then I just didn't even make him nap, and he was totally fine, and he just played for an hour. And so it's just like, oh, like, this is, like, the groove and just finding it. But it's just funny how, like, something so little can just, it just seems so big to me. Yeah. So. I thought that that was really interesting. Um, But the other thing. I've been really thinking about is I've been listening to this podcast. Um, I'll preface it to say that it's very different than a lot of the podcasts I've listened to because she is a writer and I feel like she kind of just writes like a 15 minute little like blurb or um, I don't know how you say it. So she kind of is a little bit flowery, but I kind of like it because it seems like she's super intentional with her words. And so it's called The Next Right Thing by Emily Freeman. And she had this one one episode about creativity that I thought was really cool um, and kind of well touch a little bit on my book later. But she kind of just talked about, like, if you're creative and being who you are um, instead of looking around to others and their creativity, which was super interesting to me and something I think we all kind of think about or – Um, has happened to us so even one of the things that popped into my mind was I've always like wanted to exercise um and I've always wanted to be a runner because like just look super cool (laughs) everyone it seems like everyone who's anyone like they get up at like 5 a.m and they have these amazing like runs (laughs) and talk about it (laughs) I yeah and they talk about it and I tried that like two or three times and I hate it I hate, like, every second of it. It's just, like, like even when I see people running, I'm like, man, that just, like, so miserable. Yeah. But, like, I started to get into biking, um, and I love it. Like, we started it last summer just as a family, and, like, now, like, I can I go out on my own, and um, I still go with the family. But it's just, like, so cool to think, like, if I would have just stayed in that mold, like, I never would have exercised. I never would have found things. And there's other ways that I've learned that I like to exercise. But um, it's just so interesting that we try to fit into somebody else's mold. Totally. Um, so, and that made me think just, like, with homeschooling or just kids in general, like, what makes you come alive? Like, what makes you feel um how you were fully supposed to be instead of like this this is who you're supposed to be creatively or what whatever um so mm-hmm. yeah that was just those are kind of the two big things I was thinking about mm-hmm. yeah these last couple months I've started listening to that besides my book yeah right like, yeah because I have listened to that podcast too and it's so good there's some really really amazing Mm. I mean there's tons that there's just a a lot of the different episodes that I feel like I'm like gosh little I don't know they don't seem like they should be big but yeah they it's been so helpful so yeah that's an interesting Mm -hmm. I have not listened to that episode yet so that's right that's interesting to hear but yeah good for you for yeah finding something because yeah I agree running is not ugh. I would not right. want to do that either <laughs> no it's just terrible I mean some people love it and that's great mm-hmm. for them but just really mm-hmm. it's just really not mm-hmm. and it yeah so, so much more long term and helpful to 
find biking instead, which is perfect. Sweet. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, so did you have anything else that you were thinking of or just bummer and bummer? I don't think so, yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, I know. It's so weird because I feel like that, yeah, that's kind of the big thing for the month, so. Yeah. Well, tell me about your book. I, I'm just so excited. You've been so excited to talk to you about it, and I'm really excited to talk to you about mine, but I want to start with yours. Yes. So we were joking that I it's hard to like figure out when we're talking about this since, since we haven't done it a ton, obviously, but it's hard to figure out like, okay, what, like, how do I say it all in, <laughs> in such a short amount of time? Because there's just so much. So I recently finished the book called Love Where You Live. Um, it's by Shauna Pilgrim. She lives in San Francisco, but so th- this is an interesting book for me because I had, I think we talked about this at the last one, but I had just finished Harry Potter and like a couple others. Cause, um, I kind of like to do that annually. And I picked this one up for work and it wasn't that I wasn't excited about it, but I was just kind of like, okay, I read some of the reviews and I'm like, okay, I need to read this one. But it was in my mind, like I went into this book is like, okay, this is for work because right now we are, uh, I'm helping work on a, uh, one of our initiatives that is helping our body go from just living like, um, like you come to church on Sunday and then you go home and you go back to your real life. And instead living as if like, it's called from Sunday to every day. So living like just an everyday life on mission. So to preface mm-hmm. it with, I started, I picked this up thinking, okay, it's like, I just, I'm going to learn this topic. I'm going to learn like to, mm. to apply it, but it was oh, so much more than that. It did really, really help me for catching some vision or creating some vision for the initiative. So I don't want to like miss that. It did help with that, but it was way, way, way more than that. So when I was thinking through talking about this on the podcast, I have, I just naturally have actually shared it with people. And so then I was thinking, okay, what am I telling people about it? And there are a couple things that have stuck out. So first of all, um, I love this book is written very differently. So she writes as she kind of starts each chapter out memoir ish almost. So she kind of tells a story about herself and moving to the city and then actively living in the city. So she starts each chapter like as a memoir, kind of talking through her journey and then switches over probably mid chapter to um, like some sort of kind of teaching on it, um, which actually I really loved. I don't know that I've read a ton of books like this that combined both of them. And I really loved them because she, the stories kind of laid the foundation and then I felt like it just led naturally to um, the teaching. So, and they just church planted. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not like she's like writing as an expert in community or anything like that. She's just a pastor's wife that has done the hard work to figure this out. So, um, uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me was she she really hit talking through, we lost, we've, you've heard things like, okay, now like no one knows their neighbors. And when you drive in, you drive in the garage and you shut the door or whatever you you hear all that stuff. But she really hit like that. We've lost the value of connectedness as a whole. Um, and it was interesting because at one point she was talking through, like we, it's easy for us to say that that's what's happening. Like that, that is what it is now. No one knows their neighbors. No one talks to each other anymore. No one waves. No one sits out on their front porch, but then it's a lot harder to really ask why. And she said that she really feels that we view because we've lost the value of connectedness. We now view people such as our neighbors and probably especially our neighbors since they're close as intruders which I thought was such an interesting, that's just a really harsh way of putting it, but I think it's very true. Um, and I had listened to a podcast by another author who she has talked through, um, in their neighborhood. They basically, when they get home at night, they, from work, they 
open up their front door and like put something on and like a food on some type of type of food on. And then it basically is just an open door policy. And when I was listening to that, I remember thinking like, I could never, I could never do that because I, I view, which does sound horrible, but I totally view it as like invite. Like I want people to come over when I invite them not to just show up. And so when she, when she, when I was reading this and she was talking about, we've lost the value of connectedness and then asking the hard question of why I was like, gosh, that's so true. Like I totally view people who would just pop in, which would be probably the best time and place to connect. I totally would view that as intruding. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought that was an interesting one. I haven't, it doesn't seem like rocket science, but I had never, I guess it was just the way and time I read it, but I was like, Oh man, that's so true. So Um, then the other thing that really struck me is she, when they moved to San Francisco, um, she said she was kind of talking through starting with our view of people. So like, are we viewing people as self-absorbed or are we viewing people like looking for Jesus or looking to bring Jesus to them or whatever it might be? Um, but I thought it was really interesting because as she was prepping that, she was sharing a story about how when she found out, so they're Midwestern and moved to San Francisco. And so when she found out she was going to be moving, she pulled up and into her neighborhood and she, I don't remember exactly how she worded it, but she basically said, I pulled up with my backpack full of my Christian things and I was planning on just unpacking it for them. Like I was, I, she came defensive. She was planning on like, I'm going to have an answer for everything. And then she said that what she realized once she like got there and started to walk around and meet her neighbors was that instead they had so much to teach her. And instead of like having a backpack full of Christian things to unpack, she really just needed to put it away and let them like teach her basically about Christ. So kind of that whole, going back to that whole living not self-absorbed, not like this is what I have to bring, but instead just taking it in and, and finding out what really how Jesus is, it can show up in them too. So she, so she says like living sent versus superior. Um, and I thought that was such a good, that was also a good thing. Um, or a good mm-hmm. way to think about it. Like how often do we show up at places kind of ready for, answers versus just like being ready with open arms and whatever might happen and being willing to, um, to do anything. So um, Mm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last one, um, was she was, she kind of hit the whole, so setting the view of people, but then also setting the view of our city and kind of going to that whole how we view our city is what it will become. Like, do you see your city a certain way that kind of checks, basically checks out? It's like, well, you know, it's this way. It'll never change or whatever. Or I can't impact it. And so I thought that was also an interesting thing is from the very beginning, if you set the view of your city, you will in turn act that way. So if you set it as... Um, a place needing impact or that you can impact naturally, that's just going to flow versus setting the view of, oh, you know, it's a bunch of non-Christians or secular because San Francisco would be. Um, Anyway, so those were kind of the three things that I felt like were, um, I don't know, it's just, I don't know if it's just different in the way she wrote it, but they kind of stuck out. Yeah, I have some questions here for you. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, are you just so ready? Yeah. Okay, so going back to the first thing you said about how um, people just pop over, that's that's sort of a, I mainly, I just have so many questions. Because, like, for me, I feel like my personality, I'm fine with that. Like, come in. I'm type B, I can go with flow, my schedule can change, my structure can change. You, on the other hand, are super intentional with every moment, which is not necessarily saying one is good or one is bad. Not that I'm like lackadaisical with every moment, but like I'm not 
like you would say, like you have all your day planned out. You have every part. So even like I'm thinking someone's popping in at 7.30 and you're doing Lent study, you know, you're kind of like losing something. So how do you reconcile like people stopping over? How have you, like, are you going to try to go to an open door policy or are you going to try to be like more structured about like when you invite people over? Like, how do you reconcile with that with your personality so you're not just like agitated with everybody? You know, you know what mm-hmm. I'm asking here? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, okay. So, for two things, I, right. I don't, I don't know. I think that there's a way to, I think... Um, <laughs> I feel like you're trying to say there's a way to schedule it. <laughs> no. No, that's not what I was going to say. Okay. I think there's a way to grow like, it. I would love that. But, like, so the, one, okay. the, gal that, the gal that I had heard the podcast where they opened the doors, and that is just kind of her. Like, it, she, the I've read mm-hmm. one of her books and listened to her, and that's just kind of her. Like, that just seems like that's very much her personality. So um, I think that I can... So here, I'll tell you how it's applied, but it's going to kind of, it's going to sound like it's fallen short because it's not going to sound like a big deal to you at all, but it's a bigger, it's like a big deal for me. So I think that when I have read this book and then there was another book I read kind of about like um, just how we interact with neighbors and whatnot. And these, I'm not talking about my direct neighbors. That's a little bit different for us right now, but um, I have definitely made a conscious effort to say yes at last minute more often and it's worked really Mm. well so like we have some friends that they are notorious for just like on a weeknight well if we're eating do do you just want to eat together like oh we should just eat it oh hey well we have to run some errands we'll just run out pizza like which I would always I would normally just always say no because like well it's a weeknight but it has been fine now I will say not to blame everything on our life, but we also though can't the way our life is right now, I can't necessarily afford late nights for the boys. Like there's just some things that I, I can't Mm. sacrifice. And so when we've done that, when we've said, yes, I will just make sure everyone has baths while they're there and it doesn't matter. So it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Come out for dinner. But once seven fifteen hits, I'm still going to put Hudson in the bath and you know, Brigham's going to shower quick because like, right. We definitely can be more open with it, but there are still things that just have to get done. So, which sounds so dumb compared to like just having an open door policy. But, um, so yeah, it's been interesting to think more thoroughly through what does it look like to let go of some of those things. And it is a sacrifice. I think the other hard part for me is I am just, I am just an introvert. And so it's really hard to have more people time after a full day of people time. Um, so that's part of it too. I think I just have to be careful about like who is life giving and who's not. And I probably am not going to say yes to people who are not life giving. Cause then I can't like, then I can't function and I'm drained and that's not going to help anyone. Um, so yeah, so that is, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's something I've chosen to do consciously where I was like, okay, like what could I do? Um, And then little things like our neighbors are doing a party. um, We're actually going to be gone for it, but we would have said yes. um, But they're going to do a like neighborhood party next weekend. And Hmm. um, I don't know. And, you know, there's just, Right. I think and no, I think, I think the thing great. I think that's the thing that's been interesting for me is because I have to lead our church in this, I have had to push back a little bit on things to think through, okay, well what is the contrary I'm gonna say or like when we present this, what are they thinking? And and it is it's really good because as I've been challenged, it's also brought up I think legitimate questions. So like for example, this neighborhood party, like our neighbors just drink too much and have multiple times like displayed that and 
just over like reacted in front of the boys and things I don't like. And so then it does bring up that question of, okay, if we are going to do this, if we're going to not be the one family that doesn't show up to the neighborhood block party, like, what are we going to do? Cause they do, I mean, they just drink way too much and drive and right. whatever. And so, um, so it has been, it's just been interesting to be pushed in this area. So I, but you know, I like, I don't, I'm a long ways from, I don't know. It's just been, it's going to take a while, but. Yeah. And I think, I think that's good to share that you're not quite there yet. Um, because like, when we do read books like that? And I think that's why I asked the question. Cause like, when I read a book like that, it seems like that would be an easier s- step for me. Mm-hmm. Not, and other things would be harder. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, good or bad. But, like, connectedness was, like, one of my, like, top five strengths in Strength Finder. And not that I have, like, an open-door policy where people are walking in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, quite there yet. But, um, and I don't always want to be. There's sometimes where people have asked me to do things. I'm like, no. And I'm like, oh, I probably could have said yes to that. So I have growth in it. But it just was so interesting to me because I was like, I'm an extrovert you're an introvert like how how do you wire that and how like how much is like oh this is like a healthy growth area and what you were saying like this is not healthy for me like I can live this command out differently and like you said it could look different to oh I just say yes when I used to say no Mm -hmm. like that that's a pretty big deal and it might not be open doors if like people are just walking in and out but that kind of is open door like they're asking and you're just you're just saying yes like you're just like okay mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this I'm gonna make people feel welcome in my space and um so mm-hmm. yeah I think mm-hmm. that's really good um okay so uh, there's a th- the last question I'm gonna ask you um and mostly this is just out of curiosity is you said to have a proper view of your city and so I'm gonna I'm gonna say three words if you had to say in three words how you would describe Carneyland, uh, like your city. <laughs> I know. It's pretty big put on the spot, but I went there because I'm just so curious. Yeah, and I think probably the reason why that made the list was because that's something that I really struggle with. And so... I have had to think a lot about what vision do I want to cast of our city. And we don't launch until September, thank goodness. So I've got a little time. (laughs) I should clarify that. Like this isn't coming like next week and I'm not prepared. But um, so I think, I think, so I, I wrote that one out because I think that our, our city is tough for me. Um, So Mm. I would say, it's like in a, words, I'd like s- tough for you to describe. No, it's tough, tough for me to feel like positive. But I shouldn't say that. I love oh. I love Carney because I grew up in Carney, so I I love Carney. I'm invested in Carney, but I had right. a pretty negative view of like how we do things, and so. But wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, I feel like we should preface that as like you never give ratings to things like above a three, so like. <laughs> Oh wait, is it above a four? Like a three? That's true. I don't even. That's true. Yes, that's true. Right, that's true. So by by nature, but no, I think so. I would say I feel like we're really, really pompous and stuck up. Sorry, I know that's technically three words, but we're gonna call that one word. (laughs) Yes. No. No. And you can do like three things. Okay. Good. Uh So I think that. I feel like we're really self-centered. Okay. And I feel like we are at the opposite of welcoming. Like just super shut down. Absolutely not mm-hmm. going to let anyone in their mess come in. Um, so oh. I've had to think a lot about what, like what is our role in setting the vision for our city. Now, the other aspect of that is we do our body does have plenty of people who are also on in other towns around us and so 
I think some of it's leading them and doing it themselves. But I do, I have thought a lot about that element. I was not planning on doing anything like that for this initiative, but since reading this book, I think she's right when she says Mm. like, you can't, I mean, that was like the very first chapter. She's like, you can't live sent if you don't address how you view people. And then if you don't address how you view your city, you can't live sent in it. Because if you are viewing people in a self-absorbed way or your city is self-absorbed, you will, that is how you will treat them. Like you won't live sent because you'll always have that in mind. Mm -hmm. Now, if you view them how Jesus does or trying to see Jesus in them, so in our city or in the people, then like you are going to live sent because you're actively, you're actively seeing Christ versus just seeing um, maybe negatives. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, what's so funny. I am pretty sure, which I'm going to say this because I'm like 99.9% sure. I'm pretty sure she said she's a one on the Enneagram. (laughs) And I did not connect that until you just said that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm like almost 100% positive she is. Which is interesting then because I guess that, I guess that is, that would make sense that like we would have to check our view. Like, are we being critical of the city or are we seeing the pauses? Mm-hmm. But I'll, yeah. I'm going to have to double check that, but I'm like almost 99% sure that she's a one. <laughs> well, okay, anyway. and to even the, even the fact that you were able to like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you had those pretty quickly. I, I don't know if I could come up with three things to describe our city like I don't know if I've thought about our city as a whole and like been mm. critical of it in that way um mm-hmm. well yeah, and that's, that's, that's partially because I mean with storehouse we deal with so we always are looking mm-hmm. at external obstacle obstacles and there are so many there just are a lot of things we run into that's just a carny thing and it's just really frustrating because we're just not by nature, Carney is just not, we don't want anything messy. And then Seth being a contractor, the things that he deals with that are city related drive me crazy. Like I, I can't even begin to talk about the stuff that our city people will mm-hmm. spend time on when we have like actual crisis happening in our city and we're not dealing with it. Like it just, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff just, but we just see that. And so then when you see it, you're going, okay, I'm getting a picture of our city based on the, the, what, what people call in the things that like our police officers will respond to the things that our city workers will do. And you're like, guys, there's like actual problems here. And like, we just will not address them. Well, we'd rather worry about grass clippings and mowed lawns. We were, we were in Kansas last weekend and literally we're driving through, it's a, it's a town up comparable to Kearney, maybe a tiny bit smaller, maybe 10,000 smaller. And mm. we were driving through a neighborhood and Seth was like, oh my gosh, look at that yard. Carney would never let that happen. And Abby, it literally was a yard that had, it was just weeds. They weren't tall, but they, it was completely weeded. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Carney would never let that person have weeds in their lawn like that. Wow. Well, here's the deal. What you need to do is you need to come south of the tracks. Right. Totally. It, it's allowed here. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and that, and that, people live. Yeah. That again is but exactly yes. the point. Like, it's so, so yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I it, don't know. That's so interesting. Oh, that'll be a good read. I hope I can. I mean, I'm sure I'll read it sometime, but. Yeah, it's really good. And it does. Yeah, talk, it sounds like a, it hits a lot about like just, it's way more than. It was more for work, but it's way more than that. It's, like, about, like, just your family. And, like, if you – she really struggled with – they let their kids do baseball. And her husband was a pastor. And so she's, like – she talked through several times the struggle of her husband was in the church preaching and she was on the baseball field. And her husband was, like, kind of got fed up and finally was, like, why don't you just let someone take the kids and come to church? And she's, like – well, no. And he's like, well, why not? And then finally she's realized that technically she was putting so much, too much emphasis on Sunday morning church when she's like, I was the light at that baseball field and I was wasting it. Mm. I was so focused on like, I'm not sitting in a church on a Sunday morning. And yet like God had purposefully intentionally put me there and I was wasting it. 
because I was so worried about the stupid church building. Sorry, just dropped my book. Anyway. Mm. So, I mean, there's just so much that makes you think through, do I, do I, am I living on mission self-absorbed or am I living on mission trying to set, like see what does God have for me here? Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about yours. Cause I, I love that you so said true. that like my book would be easy for you. Cause I'm really excited to talk about yours. Cause I thought that I kind of was thinking the same thing for me. So I'm curious to hear. And whoa, 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 let's back up. I'm not saying your book would be easy. I'm saying that one little aspect of your book. <laughs> There's a yes. lot of things about your well, book that would be challenging. Super challenging. And I, honestly, I don't feel like our neighbors, I want to clarify, I'm not making myself seem good. Our neighbors don't feel like they have an open door policy where they just walk in. So we are not there yet. We have growth. I, yeah, I'm not. Well, like, and I th- but I do agree. I think it is more natural for you. Like it's, it's just more of a... Yeah. Yeah, natural. Fit yeah, and I would whatever. totally agree. So, okay, so let me start talking about my book, and I'll tell you why I totally agree. Because it's it is hilarious. Because there's been a couple of people that I've said you don't need to read this book because like this is already who you are, and like oh, really? I would say the same thing about you. Yeah, like you don't need to read this book because you already do this. I mm-hmm. don't naturally do this, and so this book was super challenging and impactful for me okay so the book that i'm going to talk about i just finished it a couple weeks ago it's called the curious christian by barnabas parper um and i act we actually got it because he has this podcast with a uh, two other guys called the table of malcontents and they talk about books interestingly enough mm-hmm. um so on the podcast, Jordan commented and won this book, like the Christian. So we got it like I don't know, a few months ago. And I was like, Oh, that'll be interesting. I'll read it, but it wasn't on my book list. So but my books were falling short this year. I just like my nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. And you were totally right though, with what you had said last time about your book that was talking about reading. Where, like, sometimes books just hit you at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this book did um, for me and just currently where I'm at. So what happened is I was at church and our pastor was talking about the woman at the well. And on the screen, it had the verses and it talked about how this woman, she basically believed in Jesus and she went back to her town and she just told everybody about them, about him. And then Jesus came through the town. And because they had heard of him, they asked him if he wanted to stay. And then many people in the town believed. And I was like, man, I feel like that's my job. Like, I feel like I entered Jesus. And now my job is to make other people curious about Jesus. And so the word mm-hmm. curious popped into my head. And I was like oh, I have a book called The Curious Christian. And so then I picked it up that day, and I think I read it in, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't, like, totally collected my thoughts on, like, what to say about it. But basically, so, like, basic overview, it's this book where he talks through curiosity and, like, what curiosity is, um, different forms of curiosity, um, like things to things we can be curious about. Um, mm-hmm. And um, one thing that I love that he says is when he defines um, one of his short ways of defining it is that curiosity is the pursuit of truth. And so when we're curious about um, like one of his big premises is like when we're just curious about the world, curious about things Um, we're in pursuit of the truth about those things, which will essentially like lead us to Christ Mm -hmm. um, and give us a picture of who God is. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I feel like I lack curiosity in that way. I 
tend to be more apathetic towards things. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I don't need to know more. But even as I have, like, kind of been thinking about curiosity, what I start to think, like, what could I ask here to just, like, deepen my understanding of, of something? Or what could I look up? Or what am I curious about that I'm repressing? Because he talks about how a lot of times as we get older, we start to lose our curiosity. And so I started to just, like, start asking things or let my mind kind of wander on a topic or something. And it's, and it's interesting because it's led me to like super random things, Mm -hmm. but it's like, Oh, like, I'm so curious about the world now. Like just, I mean like super random, like we're talking about the Netherlands somehow. And then I was like, I found out that like Netherlands have like super low crime rate Mm -hmm. that they've had to like, import prisoners from other countries because their prisons are so empty mm-hmm. and like drugs are illegal there so it's not even like it's because they don't I, so it's so interesting so like just random things like that and I'm like how can this add to my knowledge of and he talks about adding to basically your relatability to people but then using that to point people to God and help them to be curious about God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so this, this is some of the things he says about like, okay, if you know a lot about a lot of things, does it show us more of God and draw us closer to him? Does it connect us with other people and their cultures and their needs? Mm-hmm. Um, which is so interesting because I feel like in the past I would have viewed like knowing these random things as pointless as like information that you don't really need I'm not a natural learner so it's like yeah not like super interested in that um does it help or help us understand and serve our world better does anything we have learned help us create better goods that reflect God's creativity in us Mm-hmm. Are we able to teach truth more effectively to more people? Um, are we able to delineate truth from lies better based on what we know? Um, mm. So I just thought that was so interesting. And then one of the, one of the things that was also super inspiring, just besides like, okay, God has given us this world to explore, to be curious about people to be curious about him to be curious about um is how do i create this in my kids Mm -hmm. and um even thinking through homeschooling and one one really interesting thing is that barnabas piper is a pastor's kid of a pretty famous pastor called john piper which most of you probably know but he talks in the book about how how his dad and mom didn't have like super hard and fast rules about like what they could not and couldn't watch mm-hmm. which was super mind-boggling to me because of all the people i think would be super legalistic like right no r-rated movies none of this um he just asked super good questions and he always said why do you want to watch this like what is your purpose of doing this and that would lead them to, you know, like, I'm sure sometimes, like, oh, everybody's just doing it or right. whatever. And so then they could discuss that, where sometimes um, he said he wanted to see Saving Private Ryan, and he knew his dad was going to ask, because it's an R-rated movie with a ton of violence. So his dad was going to ask all these questions. And so he came ready with, like, why he thought this movie would be valuable and Barnabas just talks about how it was a super impactful movie for him. Mm-hmm. And his dad let him see it because he knew why it would benefit him. So, like, basically his dad and I'm sure his mom, too, like, just inspired this curiosity of, like, what you're watching. Why is it worth consuming? And so, like, even in a realm where they could have just been, like, hard and fast, they asked right. really questions. Which... Right would not be my natural thing. My natural thing would be like, no, that is not what you need to be doing. You need not do that. Like, don't watch that. And, like, he even mm-hmm. talked through, like, he read Goosebumps. 
which like I thought was super scary when I was a kid. And then his dad and his mom like just started asking some questions about it. And he realized he should stop. And then after upon stopping, he realized that that book was like not good for him. So like he kind of did that on his own. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just so crazy to me. But like even beyond that, like how do we inspire curiosity in our kids and not quelch it? Because I could see myself so easily quelching it such as I, um, like, when I read a book with Liam, he wants to, like, what what's this in the picture? What's this? And I'm like, no, I read a story from front to back. Like, your job is to listen. But he's curious about what's going on on the page. He's not as mm-hmm. curious about a linear story. Mm-hmm. Um, but as adults, we've, like, no, this is the structure. This is how it goes. Um, and not that, like, can't ever have structure in the linear story but i'm just like letting them explore um yeah so the last thing i'll say about it kind of like what i said about exploring new worlds is it's kind of challenged me like to kind of like see outside of my norm a little bit so jordan and i are reading friday night lights which is like a football book um which is totally different but it's it's introducing me to the culture of football a little bit more than I've ever understood it. I don't know if I'll be able to finish it because it's a little dry, but <laughs> I'm going to try, try to, try to keep my curiosity about it, <laughs> not let it be dampened. So yes. And, but like I said, if you're a naturally curious person already, which I think you are, then I don't know if you would need to read it because it's already, just seems like something you naturally do Mm -hmm. so the only because I did right because I I that I feel like when I read that book it was like I just took it in and read it and it was fine but I didn't feel like I learned a lot from it but do you so what is something that you struggle with in becoming more curious but maybe more specifically in leading your kids like, is there, like, fears about it? So, I'd say for me, personally, is laziness. Um, okay. Okay. Which um, I – and I'm just not naturally, like, a learner. So, it's like I can – I take things at face value a lot, I think, is what, okay. what it is. Um, and with kids, I think, depending on which – so, for things like when I'm reading a book – it's like, oh, no, this is the structure. I do it. I want to get to the end. But I'm really interested. I told Jordan that for movies and things, I really want to do that. I really want to instill in our kids. But it's it's scary to me in the way of, like I said, with the toddler bed situation, I want to control it. Totally. Instead of letting him explore the world. Um, and I'm sure... I'm sure they had some boundaries. I'm sure he wasn't yes. watching R-rated movies when he was seven. Um, but, and I'm sure, like, if they didn't have a good reason, they probably talked through that. Like, well, we're not going to allow you because this, like, is not worth what you're going to get out of it. Yep. Um, which I I wish he would have gone into it more. It was not the point of the chapter, so he didn't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there is some fear there. There's some, like, sense of, like, I want to control it. Um, But especially if I am going to be homeschooling, and for however long that is, I kind of want to push my kids, not necessarily into things that they shouldn't be doing, but I would love to have that dialogue of, like, okay, what you just read doesn't reconcile with the Bible. It doesn't reconcile with truth but like you said from your book how do you learn from it and how do you put it against the word of god to find the pursuit of truth which is ultimately god so what what aspect of god do you see in this right Um, and i that's why i guess i struggle with a little bit because i do feel like um by nature, I can take secular stuff and learn from it. And I feel I have a really strong sense of right and wrong. So I'm never afraid of mm. like 
when I read something, I might, I might, you know, take that in or whatever. But when I was reading that book, I do remember thinking through, I'm probably more afraid of creating curious Christians, um, Christian kids, because (laughs) I, like, I don't know that they'll have as strong of a, a right and wrong, like, view or whatever. So I don't know. It's just, um, I don't know. It's just interesting. It is, yeah. It's hard to, I, I totally agree. Like the fear of losing control. Cause when you do teach them to be good question asks, asks or askers, good question askers, um, or to be able to like really think through why do you want to watch or read that? Then you do mm-hmm. in a sense, hand them, responsibility that it would just be a lot easier to just say no like it'd be a lot easier to say well Mm -hmm. no r-rated movies until this or no no because of this instead of really teaching them to say like okay why do i want to watch this and then being okay with saying yes that's that's so tough that's gonna be really hard but i i do love that way more i i i don't know i'm glad you read it because that's so curious to hear from your perspective (laughs) there you go yeah, so <laughs> what a fun. I love it. Yeah. Interesting. So do you feel like of that where I had said like, okay, I felt like there was kind of like the one or two things that I started doing. Is there, have you found yourself mm-hmm. besides like I definitely the Netherlands thing or whatnot, have you found yourself doing <laughs> things different with people? Yes. Okay, so like um, what would be one thing? So I have found myself not and I have not done this perfectly cuz I realized that yesterday at our Easter I just did not do a very good job. I I just don't do good with big crowds, which is so interesting to me. Like I don't know what it is. Um but I've found I try not to let myself like sit in like an awkward silence or I've tried to ask like better questions of people of like okay you said that about this like what can I ask you about your world um what can I learn from you which I've never had that sense of like yeah what can I learn from from people which is funny that we kind of like got the same thing from our books but um I I have definitely, like, in, even with Jordan, I'm like, okay, what's, I'll just try to think, like, what's a question I could ask him? Like, what are three things, like, you're passionate about right now? Um, so I've just tried to be a little bit more curious about people. Like, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, sweet. Or, and the other thing I've done, too, is, like, if I'm thinking about something, I bring that up, which normally I, I would think to myself, people don't care. They're not interested. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what about if they are curious about this, like, theological topic I'm, like, debating over in my mind or this, like, random other thing or, like, mm-hmm. I, I usually, I literally would think no one really cares Right. Because I usually probably wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't care about other people, but... Um, right. Yeah, no, I get it. But now yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm way more interested, and I am curious, so... Mm-hmm. And I'm growing mm-hmm. in it, too, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, books. Oh, okay. I love it. I think it's a ton of fun to just talk about them and then hear. And it has helped, because I, as a... As the reader that, like, just picks up the next book after I put one down, it was actually really helpful for Mm -hmm. me knowing we were going to record this because it made me – it has made me think about it a little bit longer, but it's also made me kind of narrow down what were the the couple things that I keep thinking about or talking about. So it was Mm – yeah, I love it. It's it's, it's been good. So I'm excited to keep doing it. I felt the same way about – about mine like I was mm-hmm. like oh I wonder if I would have not been doing because like even 
halfway through, I was like, okay, this is the book I'm going to talk about for the yeah. podcast. So then I kind of like started marking some things down. I'm like, okay, this is something I want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I thought it was really good. Oh, sweet. Okay, so next time now we have to figure out books for the next one. Yes! <laughs> I'm excited! So. Alright, well, thanks, Justine. Yeah.